so um, I wasn't initially going to share this this morning. I, I had no intention of doing it. Um, hadn't really even thought about it, but um, I was speaking with someone this morning <coughs> who was encouraging me. And um, by the way, just to say on, on that, uh, I know there's been a lot of people praying for me, and those prayers have been answered. So thank you very much for uh, all of those of you who've been praying for me and just encouraging me um, to get up here and do this. I've never done a sermon before, so this was a little intimidating. And um, what I wanted to share was that this was a really humbling experience for me to, uh, to just go through the process of trying to prepare a message and, and speak whatever it is that God would, would have us put on our hearts. So it also gave me an appreciation for what a pastor has to do when they get up here uh, every week, and we can often... We can often sit out there and be critical and say, oh, that message was okay, or oh, this or that. Um, it's no easy feat to come up here and um, share God's Word and uh, try and be a faithful teacher of God's Word. So it just really gave me an appreciation for the pastor that we have um, and the kind of church that we have here and uh, all the pastors that are out there that, that try and share God's Word faithfully. So uh, hopefully I can do that here today. <clears throat> so a couple of notes before we begin. Uh, there's a lot of scripture references in here. Uh, there's two main reasons I, I have those in there. Um, one is I, when, when we can look at scripture, uh, the scripture references, uh, in my mind, help us see just how consistent God's word is, that um, it, it's true um, from beginning to end. And as we look at the scriptures and we see how consistent they are, I think it helps show us the truth in God's word. And uh, the other thing being, it, it helps us make sure that we have a correct understanding of, of God's Word. Um, you know, like the Bereans used to do, they searched the Scriptures daily to see if these things were true. So, uh, Scripture helps interpret Scripture. So, for that reason, you'll see a lot of Scripture references in here if you're taking notes. Um, uh, you'll be able to, uh, to jot those down. And uh, one other thing, I'm going to try and speak a little more slowly. If I haven't been doing that already, I probably... Uh, have not, but we have um, interpreters that are interpreting this sermon for our Spanish-speaking audience, so I'll be speaking a little more slowly this morning as I go through the message. So, um, as we look at the scriptures, the first passage I'm going to have us look at, if you'll go in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4, we'll find here one of the larger passages uh, in scripture that speaks to love, and I think something uh, that's a little interesting about um, the person who wrote uh, this passage we're going to look at, John, uh, the Apostle John, he was the one that was known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I find it a little interesting that, you know, in the book of John, his gospel, as well as in 1 John, specifically uh, chapters 3 and 4, we find many, many passages that are on love. And uh, those were, were penned by the disciple who was known as the one whom Jesus loved. So, 1 John chapter 4, we'll begin at verse 7. It reads, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 
By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might have life through Him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. As we look at this passage, we can gather a lot about love. We can see that love comes from God and that God is love. And without God, there is no love. It doesn't exist. God is the source of love. And we only love because He first loved us. And in that love, He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world and the propitiation for our sins. And that word propitiation is just a technical word, a theological word uh, that means appeasement or satisfaction. Jesus Christ was the satisfaction for, for our sins. And we'll touch a little more on this uh, in a moment. We're also told in that passage whom we are to love, that is, our brother, referenced also in that passage uh, as one another. And we're told that we cannot love God if we're not doing this. If we're not loving our brothers, then we're not loving God. And loving our brothers is given as a commandment here. And we'll see this elsewhere also in a moment. The love mentioned here in this passage is what gives us confidence on the day of judgment. And we might pause here and ask, well, how so? How does this love give us confidence in that day of judgment? Well, if we look at uh, 1 John 3.18, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it for us. It tells us this. We know that we have passed from death into life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. 
And in John 5, 24, it tells us, these are Jesus' words spoken here. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death and into life. This is how we can have confidence in the day of judgment. Lastly, we can see from this passage that this love is perfected when God abides in us and that that perfect love casts out all fear. We no longer have to be afraid of the judgment that is coming so long as we are in Christ Jesus. If you will go now to 1 Corinthians 13, we have another passage of Scripture there many of us are familiar with. Uh, it's the one that's often thought of when we think of love in the Bible. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, beginning in verse 4, that passage reads, begins to tell us you know, a, a definition and a description of what love is. It says, verse 4, love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, yet does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and the beginning of verse 8, love never fails. And jumping down to verse 13, but now faith, hope, love, abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. The Bible gives us in this passage a great account of what love is and also what it is not. God himself is the perfect representation of the love described in these verses. And we're called to emulate this love. So whom are we to emulate this love toward? Well, we've already touched on this a little bit earlier, looking at the brethren uh, or the brother or one another as it was referred to. I'd like for us to look a little closer at whom God's Word tells us we're to love. So Scripture tells us foremost that we are to love God. And you don't have to turn to these Scriptures. I'll go through them for us. In Mark 12, 30, we read, these are Jesus' words, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we find parallel words to these found in Deuteronomy 6.5, Deuteronomy 10.12, Matthew 22.36, and Luke 10.27. Jesus also states that this is the greatest of the commandments, and that's spoken of in Matthew 22.38 and Mark 12.29. God also tells us that we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
we find these first uh, uh, these words first spoken rather uh, in the Old Testament. Leviticus 19:18 reads, "Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord." And we see these instructions repeated again in Matthew 19:19, 19, 19, Matthew 22:39, Mark 12:31, Luke 10:27, Galatians 5:14. Romans 13.9 and James 2.8. And we know who our neighbor is. The story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 uh, makes that very clear for us. Our neighbor is anyone and everyone. God's Word also tells us that we're to love one another, the brethren, as was referenced in our our initial passage. Uh, That is our brothers and sisters in Christ. We see this once more in 1 Peter 1.22, where we're told, Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. And those instructions come to us again in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. And in John chapter 15, verses 12 and 17. Hebrews 10.24, Romans 12.10. And Romans 13.8 and 1 John 3.17. As husbands, we're told to love our wives. And we find those scriptures in Colossians 3.19 and Ephesians 5.25. And lastly, we're told to love our enemies. Matthew 5.43 and 44 gives us these words from Jesus. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And those words are reflected again in Luke 6.27 and 6.35. So what else can we know about love from the Scriptures? Well, love is the first fruit of the Spirit as spoken of in Galatians 5.22. Love is something that may require us to lay our lives down for one another as we see in John 15.12. And 13, where Jesus speaks these words, verse 12 from John chapter 15. This is my commandment that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And 1 John 3.16 gives us these words. We know love by this, that he... He being Jesus Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We can also know that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us, Romans 8, 37. And we can know that we are to express our love for God by obeying his commandments. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus states, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And we see that wording again in Deuteronomy 11.1, John chapter 14, verse 21 and 23, 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, and 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 3, and 2 John 
we can know that love is the fulfillment of God's law. Romans 13, 8 and 10. And I'll read that one again. Love is the fulfillment of God's law. And last but not least, we can know that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Amen. So as we close, I'd like for us to look at the greatest and finest example of love ever displayed. That's the example that was set by Jesus Christ. Jesus, in His love for us and for the Father, foremost for the Father, He was obedient to the Father unto death, Philippians 2.8. And He laid down His life for us, shedding His blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Galatians 2.20, Ephesians 1.7, Revelation 1.5. The sinless Son of God died for sinners like you and me. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that He might bring us to God. And Romans 5.8 tells us, God demonstrates His own love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Only by the love accomplished in the death and resurrection of the Savior Jesus Christ are we able to be reconciled to God and stand before Him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Colossians 2.22 What a great love God has for us that He has given us His Son, Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you don't know this love, it is God's desire that you do. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that the Lord desires for not any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And 1 Timothy 2.4 says, The Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. The Bible says, Now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6.2 It doesn't say today is the day of salvation. It says now is the day of salvation. If you have never been by faith, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and asked Him for forgiveness of your sins, I encourage you to consider that today. And I'll finish with these familiar and endearing words of our beloved Pastor Steve. You are loved by God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for gathering us together here in uh, Your house, Lord. Um, in this place of worship, gathered together as a congregation. Um, thank you for the great love that you have for us, that uh, you sent Jesus to be our Savior, to die on a cross for our sins, that you resurrected him to life, uh, so that we can have eternal life, that we can be forgiven.
Um, salvation is not anything we can earn. It's, it's by your grace and by faith. Uh, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we can be saved. That we can experience an eternity with you. Experience your love uh, forever and ever. And that we can, we can stand uh, on the day of judgment in confidence on account of the love that Jesus Christ uh, displayed for us on the cross. Uh, we thank you uh, for each and every person that's here today. Father, thank you for this congregation. Thank you for all the brothers and sisters in Christ that we have. We pray that you'd put love and peace and joy in our hearts and in our homes. And um, Lord, help us to just love others the way uh, that that you love them the way you help us to see them the way that you see them. May we be compassionate and kind and gentle. Pray that you grow the fruit of the Spirit in us. And Father, I pray for anyone that's here today that has not accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that that would just weigh heavy upon their heart. And they'd open their heart to you, that you'd open their eyes, you'd open their ears, you'd answer the, the questions that they have, Lord, that you'd, you'd put all that to rest and that um, they would just humble themselves, humble themselves before you. We thank you for all your grace and love and mercy that you show us. Help us to see those in our lives each day and, and to go and share those with others. And uh, we pray all this in the holy and mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.